This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. So, how do you feel about burgers? Well, I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And I I don't think that's ever been more true than today. We really just ate something delicious. Yes, we made we made two burgers and they were gone seconds later. And uh, I don't think we're gonna need to eat for quite a while now. Yeah, it was absolutely worth it. It was so delicious. And we are here to tell you. Well, you know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Does that ever happen to you after you eat a burger? (laughs) This is a public service announcement. (laughs) So in case you haven't figured it out, this is our burger episode. And we want to, we're going to home right in on the meat. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk first about what are, you know, some favorite burgers of ours and what we're looking for in a burger. Okay. So we can sort of, you know, hone in on the topic. Okay. I feel like I want a burger that's kind of halfway between a good fast food burger and like a super gourmet burger that's usually kind of too involved for me to eat the whole thing. Yeah, I find that sometimes super gourmet burgers, you know, when you start putting homemade ketchup on it right. or like a handmade bun and stuff, sometimes it it loses some of the sort of wonderful, fatty, big flavor, loose at the edges stuff that is a great burger. And also, I like a burger that I can comfortably eat the whole thing that's not neither too small nor too large. I agree. I um, agree. I mean, there is a place for a slider, but I don't call yes. a slider a burger. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking like, um, you know, I like a Red Mill burger in Seattle. You like, you like Red Mill? Yeah. Are you? I, I find it, see, here's my thing. Okay. What's your I thing? I really like a medium rare burger. Right. Okay. So I have a, I have a tough time with Red Mill, even though it's pretty tasty. I have a hard time because it's all like really well done. That's true. Yes, and I over I overcooked our burgers today, but they were so good that they were good anyway. Yeah, the meat was so good that I really didn't even care. But, you know, to get back to our favorite burgers. Let's get back to our favorite burgers. Let's, this is a topic that we could just go on and on about. There, there are a lot of burger philosophers in the world, and I think we're going to join their ranks. I really love uh, the burgers at Quinn's in Seattle. Oh, yes, a that's a good burger. Pub. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll, they'll cook them to the doneness that you like. Mm-hmm. 
they they give you options of cheese. They use a nice cheddar that melts really well. Yeah. Anyway, I like the burger at Quinn's, and that is just sort of a really good sort of in-your-face, greasy, delicious burger. Uh, but I also, uh, the best high-end burger I've ever had is at Spring Hill, also in Seattle. Oh, I've heard that's a great burger. It is a killer burger. And uh, I think part of it is that it actually kind of tastes like a dressed-up Big Mac. <laughs> Because they use That's iceberg good. lettuce, shredded iceberg lettuce, and kind of a special sauce, two different kinds of cheese. It's really saucy, really messy, really beefy, and not precious in any way. It's great. I think I think our, our absolutely scientific survey has determined that the best burgers are in Seattle. Isn't that, isn't that a great coincidence? <laughs> you heard it here first, people. We, we went out looking for burgers, and that's where we found them. But so basically, what we're looking for is something that's, that's not too precious, but that has a little bit of care put into it, right? Yeah, so... You know. Thick, but not so thick you can't get your mouth around it. Juicy, pink in the middle. A grown-up burger. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know, so Matthew, when you make burgers at home, you pan fry them, right? You don't grill them. I do, because I don't have a grill. I mean, I do pan fry them. And I have a grill, but I've actually never grilled a burger on it. I don't know. I mean, like, I grew up in a household with uh, my dad generally pan frying our burgers and i think it's a great way to cook burgers so that's what we're going to focus on today right yeah it's something people don't even really think about but you know we live we live in apartments pan frying is the way to go for us but it's really good because you get a great sear all the way across the only the only thing you miss is the the smokiness which you know i think can sometimes get a little bit overdone in burgers if you've got great meat i think it's it's nice sometimes just to uh to let that speak for itself and we had some great meat Oh yes, so we, we have got green meat. We want to we want to bring a laser like meat focus to this episode. You know, we're we're not talking about burger toppings. We might we might mention buns. There was there was some bun basting. What well, <laughs> I already forgot about the bun. <laughs> I'm an right. expert bun butterer. Bun buttering. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be my next book, the bun butterer. There, there was considerable bun buttering, uh, allegedly. Bun buttering. <laughs> bun buttering. Bun buttering. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the beginning of a Christmas carol. But there I? was but there's also considerable grinding. Wow. Okay. Let's let's get this back on target. Yeah. So laser like focus. <laughs> so we went to our favorite butcher shop here in Seattle. Again, it's all about Seattle here on Spilled Milk. Uh, we went to Rain Shadow Meats. What do people even eat if they don't live in Seattle? That's what I, I don't wonder. No, I don't know. I hear in New York sometimes. I don't know. Maybe people go hot and dogs, hot something dogs, like that. Pizza. Yeah, pizza. I've heard of that. Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Laser like focus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so we went to Rain Shadow Meats. And we bought we bought meat for two different burgers. We're doing a little test run here. Mm-hmm. We bought some ground chuck that Russ, the proprietor of Rain Shadow Meats, just ground this morning yes. using Painted Hills beef from Oregon. Um, anyway, and he grinds his, it appears, on the large plate of his grinder. The worms of the, uh, the ground meat. <laughs> That's a technical term. They were thick worms. They were very thick yes. worms. Yeah. So anyway, we bought some of Russ's ground chuck at Rain Shadow Meats. And then we also bought a couple of really nice meaty short ribs and a piece of chuck that was pretty lean from some grass-fed beef. Right. With the idea that if we ground those together, we would get kind of a normal amount of fat for our burger. Yeah. Yeah. And we decided to do this because um, I I saw an episode of, I think it was Cook's Country, the, the TV show in which they they made their own burgers and they swore that the best mixture of meats was um, short rib and sirloin. I didn't know they had swearing on that show. I would watch <laughs> it more often if I'd known that. <laughs> Not that kind of swearing, but it, that would be very exciting to see Chris Kimball freaking out. Um, <laughs> this is the best goddamn burger you're ever going to taste or my name isn't Christopher Kimball. Anyway. 
way. So so we decided to put the short ribs to the test. And since they're really nice and fatty, we we decided to go for sort of this like lean piece of chuck. And chuck is often fatty, but this was pretty lean. Right. And I've, I've always been kind of re- resistant to trying this sort of uh, cuts of meat experiment just because I was afraid like if it turned out really well, then I would always be having to be hunting down um, the right cut of meat every time I wanted to make burgers. And, and it turns out I had a lot. I, that was a that was a reasonable worry. But this was pretty easy. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't involve a lot of hunting. Okay, so we brought home the short ribs and the chuck, and we cut the short ribs off the bone, which is very easy to do. Really easy. Knowing that we would lose a little bit of meat to the grinder, we wanted to hit a six-ounce patty, and so we ground like three and a half ounces of short ribs and three and a half ounces of chuck together with the KitchenAid grinder attachment. Yeah, yeah. The grinder attachment, I know, it costs like 60 bucks. It works really well. Um, yeah, it was amazing. It was really quick. I actually... Um, I was keeping track of how long it took us to grind that meat, and it was done in like a minute and 15 seconds. Wow, I didn't realize you were timing timing the meat. <laughs> I was. I always time the meat. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, so then we, we, you know, we made a patty from, uh, from the ground chuck that Russ ground. We made a patty from the uh, ground short rib and, uh, and chuck that we ground, which, which we should add that Russ was a little skeptical of this. Russ was skeptical. I think Russ, Russ thought that we were uh, creating trouble for ourselves. Maybe that we were in a little over our heads. Yeah, maybe so. I think Russ doubted our ability, really. Well, we have, we have, we want to tell you something, Russ. Our burger was better. <laughs> yes. And, and I mean, and his we burger love you, was Russ. great. I mean, Russ, Russ is great. I love Russ. Yes. I mean, not in that way, but I love <laughs> Russ. Although Russ is handsome. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, he is. Anyway, <laughs> laser, laser-like <laughs> focus. Anyway, um, you know, our burger, it's tough to say whether it's that it was so freshly ground, because, you know, meat oxidizes so quickly after it's ground. Right. Even though Russ ground the chuck that, that he sold us this morning, uh, ours was ground probably 10 minutes before we cooked it. And the meat was so beefy, it had so much more flavor uh, this mixture of short ribs and chuck, then the chuck alone. Yeah, and and the chuck we used was also grass-fed, which could have had something to do with it also. This was not not an extremely scientific experiment, but uh, somewhere somewhere in the trio of like short ribs, grass-fed beef, grinding fresh, it... Uh... <laughs> Who knew? It would be delicious. <laughs> so just so I'm, I make sure that I can do this at home... You can do it. I think I can do it. Would you tell oh, I thought, me... I thought you were asking for a pep talk. <laughs> would you tell me exactly how you pan fried it? Because, you know, the truth is I never used to watch my dad pan fry these things. I just waited eagerly at the table. So tell me exactly that, what yeah. you did. Um, I heated up a, a stainless surface pan over medium high for like three minutes until you could kind of feel the heat coming off it when you hold your hand over it. I put the patties in the pan, no oil or anything. They'll create plenty of oil themselves when they start cooking. And I cook them for three minutes on the first side until they get uh, a nice sear on them, flip them. And I guess the key thing is, is that you really cook them also until, you know, you can sort of slip that spatula. Yeah, because they'll stick right away and then they'll start to unstick when it's time to flip them. They'll let you know. You got to, you got to listen, listen to the meat. And, uh, and so then you flip, and then at that point, you need to start watching for doneness, which um, I'm very bad at. So, yeah, we, we used a thermometer, 
Mm-hmm. We used actually a fancy Therma pen, yes, which I had never seen before. That was really cool. Anyway, and if you want it to be medium rare, which is what I like, you should probably pull it. I think around one thirty, yeah, one thirty to one thirty five is medium rare. I think medium. I think one thirty. I wouldn't go over that. Okay. The th- here's the procedure I always use. I take the temperature. I say, hey, it's not nearly done yet. Then I like forget about it for a couple minutes, and then they're overdone. So we we ours were like you know one forty two. So they were mostly cooked through, but not like drastically overcooked. Still very juicy. Yeah, so what I really liked about the burger that that we ground, the short rib and lean chuck burger, is that even though it was cooked through and not medium rare the way that I like it, Mm. um, even though it was cooked all the way through, it still was really juicy and had a huge amount of flavor. Whereas usually when burgers are cooked, you know, all the way through the way that the food safety people say we should do it, they often just taste brown. Yeah, and I think there's two things going on there. First of all, like these weren't radically overcooked to like 180, at which point they really would have been terrible. And then the other thing is um, it's hard to it's hard to ruin really good meat. I just read this great book, Steak, by Mark Schatzker, and he he's a big steak fan, obviously. He likes a medium-rare steak, but he says, if you're starting with really great-tasting meat, a well-done steak is still going to be really good. And I think he's right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because, you know, what you're looking for is flavor. And certainly the flavor of a rare steak is different from the flavor of a well-done steak. But in theory, they could both be good. Yes. If the meat itself has a lot of flavor. In theory. In theory. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, the whole point of, of what I think I learned today is that... <laughs> <laughs> Well, Molly, what did you learn in yeah. school today? Well, you know, what I learned is that I think the thing is... When you grind your own beef, not only are you keeping more flavor around because it's not oxidizing, but like the truth is, it's kind of hard to mess it up. Yeah. If you got delicious meat and you grind it and you cook it properly, it's going to taste delicious. And that's, I, I think that's the point we're getting at. Like if, you're, if you think you're the kind of person who would never grind their own meat, this is so much easier than you think. You don't have to get two different kinds of meat. You could just grind your own chuck and it would be fabulous. I do that all the time. You know, it's, it's absolutely no harder than like learning to ride a mechanical bull. <laughs> why, why is that the thing that came to mind? I have no idea. So when you grind your own chuck, as opposed to the mixture we ground today, do you like it better or? or... No, I like the mixture we did today better. Yeah. But if, uh, if I wasn't, if, if I only had access to chuck at the moment, I, that would not keep me from making a burger in the future. It would still be really great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel, you know, I feel empowered to grind my burgers now. Good. I do have one question. I know that sometimes people say that you don't have to have a grinder, that you can just process the meat carefully in the food processor. I have heard that also, and I've tried it, and I've never gotten the right texture. It always has like, you know, snaggy, gristly bits left in it. I I'm probably doing something wrong, but since I have the grinder, I'm going to use the grinder. I have to say I've had the same experience with the food processor. Um, somebody wrote somebody wrote a really convincing story. Maybe it was, you know, in, in the New York Times mm-hmm. or something a few years ago about... Was it um, on the front page? Probably. Probably. You know, burger news <laughs> strikes America. <laughs> no, um... You know, in which they advocated grinding your own meat and said that you could do it in a food processor. Was and this I advocacy it. journalism? I'll shut up now. I tried it, and what I wound up with was, um, yeah, like you said, some gristly bits and sort of some hunks of meat that just weren't tender the way that ground meat is tender. Yeah. 
So I don't know if, if you guys try it and it works for you. That is awesome. Maybe I'm doing it wrong too. Right. With, with the grinder attachment, you can't over or under grind the meat. Um, if it's going through the meat grinder, whereas it's very easy to do one or the other in the food processor. So that's why I would recommend the grinder. Lastly, it never hurts to roast up some chilies, which we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Right. It is still chili season and here. And pile them up on your burger. And, uh, and you know, so that we didn't, so that we didn't ruin our experiment here. We kept our, our chilies on the side and just put them on as we were eating. And still, they were so good. There's something magical about green chili cheeseburgers. Yes. And it's a, it's a New Mexico thing. So I guess um, there, there is some good food outside of Seattle. It's in New Mexico. <laughs> Go to New Mexico, everybody. <laughs> Research. So yeah, we we uh, we broiled some some Anaheim and jalapeno chilies and chopped them up with a little onion and threw them on the burger and that made a good thing even better. Yep. Oh. Did you want to do a little recap and then we're done? Or yeah, so let's let's recap. Let's okay, class, gather gather round. It's circle time. It's it's <laughs> after it's it's morning meeting. The oh. bell's gonna ring any minute here. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> The second hand is quickly advancing toward toward three o'clock, and uh, <laughs> this was this was going to be the brief recap. <laughs> so to recap, grind your own meat. Half chuck, half short ribs is great. All chuck is also very very good. Grinding meat is easier than you think. Eat burgers. Dun, 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 dun. Eat burgers. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that takes a good thing and makes it even better. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Visit our website, spilledmilkpodcast.com, for our burger recipe. You can grind through whatever kind of plate you want to grind through. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Town Place Sweets by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work or just enjoying a relaxing week away, Town Place Sweets by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, and if you're a spilled milk listener, we bet that sometimes you want to cook when you travel. And Town Place Sweets by Marriott has a Weber grill on the patio. They've got a microwave, dishwasher, stovetop, full-size refrigerator. You are good to go. In other words, Town Place Sweets by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Sweets. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy.